Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello, everybody. It is the Red Men Originals podcast with me, Paul Machen, uh, alongside Chris Pajak, Steve Plunkett, and Steve Hall. Um, I put slightly too much intonation yeah. on your yeah. Steve Sorry. Hall. What would you call like, you know, like a, a collection of Steves? You know, like you got a head of a cow. Of no, <laughs> I was thinking like, like Stee guy, maybe like like fungus, maybe I don't know if that's too kind. Well, they too called harsh. you the Stees earlier. Two Stees in a pod. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, good. Yeah, exactly. yeah. Stee squared. I think someone mentioned when we were, we done a watch along once. Stee squared. I quite enjoy Stee squared. Totally stolen from. Radio X, which I listened to for the first time, I think, after having Ooh, had Toby Tarrant. Tarrant, After having had Toby Tarrant on the show last week. Um, <laughs> best nickname, you've best nicknames you've ever heard? For, for anyone? In general, yeah. There's that nickname. clip, the guy walks with a limp, it's called the Sniper's Nightmare. Because if you had him in your sights and he's got a limp, you'd be oh, like, that, trying to get him, wouldn't you? Right. <laughs> when you have to explain it. Sad, yeah. Okay. I used to like one size fit all. That was one of the classics, wasn't it? That one was a good one. Size fit all. He played for Crystal Palace. His nickname I was one size. one size fit all. And I was like, no, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I used to get like loads of whore jokes, obviously. Yeah, and there was the one with the guy, with, he's got one eye, and his name's Keith, so they called him Kep. Okay, yeah, yeah. They good bloke pants. Yeah, yeah. I was on Lad Bible, that. There's a good section of Lad Bible on these. Bus stop eyes. One ear, one round the corner. <laughs> <laughs> I was saying, we had, there was a, uh, Paul had an ask you, we got called mortgage eyes, one fixed, one variable. <laughs> a little bit of a swizzle, I like, yeah. Right, okay. Uh, um... <laughs> that didn't go on plan. Yeah. How did that go on Radio X? Oh, yeah, well, it's Johnny, it's Johnny Balls are probably worse. I, um, but, uh, yeah, yeah. That, that, we'll did stop you have any nicknames? We'll stop that. Not myself. No. Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. The best one I ever had, and it, it was only a very select group of people. I, I had Hollywood for a while as a goalkeeper from Hollywood Saves, and I had a randomly, which makes me sound like a massive twat, I'm going to say it anyway, because I liked it. it. was a genius. It was a one random one. And you know why? Not because I'm clever, because that's obviously not the case. Not the case. It was because I knew... It was I the I Little knew... John thing, was it? The Little John thing. Oh, right, the ironic, yeah. Um, yeah, it was um, because I happened to know that Noel Gallagher had done a cover of... To be someone, which was a Paul Weller song, and that was literally a reason for, for enough to that nickname. You were such be. a stoner, you and your mates, Law. <laughs> no, no further comments. Um, right, uh, there are plenty of further comments to take place. Liverpool won an away game, an away win. 
Six goals to one over Leeds United. Holy Jesus and shitballs. Um, Chris Pajak, you talked about how you managed to survive five weeks without a Liverpool win. Um, you didn't do it. You lost your smile in the process. Um, it's just that, floating around. That at the one moment. six is now quite a thing, isn't it? Because obviously we've put 16 cents on the website on, on merch for 24 hours. But Why also, we add 16% on? Oh, we should have done. But also, <laughs> I think we've got 16 points away from home now as well. In our 16 games away from home this season. Very good. So there you go. Nice. It's a 16% discount, by the way, um, on redmanmerch.com. Till half nine. Wednesday morning. Wednesday morning. Yeah, the code's away win, or one word. Get it. <laughs> on how you feeling. You did the uh, final word show this morning. <laughs> Yeah, it's really good. So, so I walked in as we finished. We walked out like, "Oh, that was very good. That was yeah. very pleasant." It's been a while since three blokes walked out of that studio with massive smiles on their faces. There's mm. so much to speak about. Um, did a really good section on Trent, so go and check that out in his new role and stuff. So yeah, mate, really, really good conversation and really nice to talk about a, a good win and an away win at that. Yeah, absolutely. We've just been at that point where we, it's become gallows humour around <clears> the <throat> office, isn't it? Steve? Of like, oh well, Liverpool are shit. We'll lose this. Ha 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 ha. And unfortunately. It's it stopped being like a joke, and it started to be a bit more seriousness has crept into it in the last couple of weeks because yeah you know pinning your hopes on Liverpool winning away games has been a bit of a, a bit of a hand to nothing. This been, season. Yeah, it was that the, the fourth win, and it was ironic, wasn't it? Because I was saying this yesterday because um, speaking to the few of the Everton supporters next door, obviously, and they were saying like, oh, you could do us a real big favour, and I was like, if we were playing somewhere above us away from home, I think we're better at that. The only three we had. With Villa, Newcastle, Spurs, it was everybody else away from home. We couldn't win, so to go to a relegation team, a threatening team, and, and absolutely wipe the floor with them, uh, yeah, it was it was hugely positive. And like like you say, it uh, it it almost become a not even not even like I say, we, we, it was, at first it was a bit of banter, was it a bit of a meme? Oh, Liverpool can't win away. It's like oh my god, Liverpool are crap away. Like we really are rubbish. Our away form was just absolutely dreadful, and that's so unlike Liverpool. Really, um, just in general, since Jürgen's got here, I've always felt we were. You know, we were, we were a bit like in your face, we'll come to your ground, we'll beat you, we'll do what it takes to get something away from you. We're all, always up for a fight. Yeah, yeah, like aggressive. <coughs> and then you, you, I used to think early on, it'd be, you can go to Anfield and park a bus, you might you might get something. That changed, obviously, when we become brilliant. But I used to always fancy us going away to someone else's ground where they could go, want to come on to you and, and beat them. And then it got to a point where teams were even parking buses against us at home, their home game, when we go away. And we were like, all right, we'll do that. And then all of a sudden, teams started playing against us, and we were like, "Oh my god, we can't cope!" Like we, we go, we go to Bright, uh, Brentford and Brighton and all these places, and, just get, and you know, even Forest a little bit get out fought and out played for us to go there to Leeds. And like I say, it was, um, and it was a good time to play them because they're fucking rubbish. The sort about that manager that Jurgen Klopp, has got his number. He's one of you know, I think it was like nineteen goals against this side, and now also absolutely mad. But that was the first this side scored against us, I believe, last night. Yeah, yeah, it? it was the first time <laughs> one of his sides. Yeah, because he, he obviously we, he was at Watford, wasn't he? When we gave them a beating, but I, I, given the fact that they'd gotten battered by Palace, I was expecting a bit of a reaction. I was thinking it's Ellen Road on a Monday, and they've just been battered, and they know they're in a relegation battle. A couple of results have gone gone all right for them over the weekend in terms of rivals. It's going to be fierce, and to be honest. I think from the start, Liverpool controlled it. Well, they did. Liverpool battered them. It, it kept breaking down when it got to Diogo Jota for half an hour. But once that kind of once that kind of got sorted, we, we were completely once, dominant. Once someone like switched him from pass the ball to their players to pass the ball to our players on his back, <laughs> you know, like from good to evil switch on the crusty doll. It was like, all oh, right, sad. Yeah, this will work a little bit better for us. Wearing red Diogo. Oh, I knew I, knew I had something. That's it. <laughs> yeah. Why did you say that? Yeah. 
Yeah. As soon as that happened, again, it was it was almost an almost perfect performance, really. We're up to the heady heights of tenth in the away table. Great, isn't it? From thirteenth last week. I, I think are we are we tenth on goal difference though? Are we yeah. like we're level with quite a few teams. We're aren't level we? on points in like the away Palace table. And with Chelsea Palace, and Chelsea, and Brentford. The lofty heights of Palace. In form, Crystal Palace. Madness. <laughs> back to back wins. That's, three on the bounce. Back to back to back. Mm. Yeah. Good on him. Um, no, it's just nice to get a win. Everyone, <laughs> literally, the sun is shining, the weather is sweet, uh, and Liverpool have won a game. And there's loads of good things to talk about as well. You know, we, you know me. I'm trying to pick small, the small wins, the small positives, the small things that bring you joy in football matches when the result can't. I've hated you doing that as well. <laughs> um, but it's nice not to have to stretch. Yeah, no, no, you know, right. <laughs> life's bad enough. Um, this is meant to be. This is escapism. Uh, yeah, unfortunately, not in its best form at the moment. But uh, look, we'll talk about Trent in a minute. Um, but yeah, all across the board, it was nice to see the way. I love that clip that Sky had from last night of when we're, we're pressing, like we pressed in like a five-man pack in the ninety. Third minute or whatever, um, Jürgen has an and Jürgen basically goes, "Oh God, oh God!" Oh, slides down in his chair <laughs> as of when Harry met Sally moments on the uh, in, in the t- uh, on the touchline, Chris. And that it was a, you mentioned it actually, Jordan commentary on the watch along last night. It was just almost everything that was missing for it. it was hunger. It was a hunger that's been absent in later stages of football matches this season. It, it, it was, and it, it, it's night and day to what we've seen, isn't it? Not just away from home, but sometimes at home this season. I think, you know, if you'd have asked me, well, you did ask me actually after about the first 15 minutes what the score was going to be, and I was a bit like, 1-0 Liverpool, thinking probably in my head, this has got nil-nil wrote all over it. If it carries on the way it's going, like, I mean, Leeds had probably had the, the best chance from a free kick. Um... And Liverpool weren't really up to much, but once it clicked in the attacking sense, once the movement started and everyone started to trust each other and they were showing that desire in the middle of the park to win the ball back and everyone wanted to impress in the new formation, it felt like everyone on the pitch wanted to show Jürgen what they've learned this week in school, yeah. if you know what I mean. Yeah, and, yeah. and it's Because that's what they've had. They've had a full week of training and they want to go out there and go, this is how much I've learned. This is how much I've taken on board. This is how hard I'm working for you. Yeah. This is what, I, what I've worked on, what we've worked on collectively and what we're going to do. And it, the performance from, you know, 15 minutes in till the end of the game was up there with some of the best performances we've had this season. It's about buying, isn't it, Steve? You know, it's about players understanding that if they put the work in they're going to get the just rewards mm-hmm. and that's what kind of happened and it was it was mentioned on Monday Night Footy but you've now got Diaz coming on the pitch and you've got Darwin Nunes coming on the pitch and you've got Roberto Firmino coming on the pitch that's we've the first time we've ever been able to do that yeah, know, yeah, yeah absolutely but yeah, I mean in terms, of the front, in terms of the front the front line you know we've had so many injuries this season lads have had to go and play extra minutes where they wouldn't normally have had to do and we've brought Gakpo in halfway through the season as well and now there's a real hunger for places we could have the conversation we'll, we'll talk about Jota and we'll talk about Curtis Jones as well but they, there were question marks over why is Jota playing instead of Darwin Nunes. Well, it meant that we got that Diogo Jota gets a goal and that's two goals and an assist, and then Darwin comes on the pitch, desperate to prove himself and bags a goal as well. Yeah, it's good, it's good man management, and we, we've long said we've got the best five or six in European football, and there's not many that would argue because you don't normally have five or six of that quality. So we're able to mix it and switch it and horses for courses type scenario, and 
I think a lot of people have questioned potentially why he's gone as long as he has playing Jota, but he, he wants him to recover his form. And it was like someone found a switch on him yesterday. And the moment he nicked that ball back and set off and created the goal, it was like he remembered all the things that Diogo Jota does well for Liverpool, um, and all the things that we've come to love. It's been a tough year for him. He's probably battered his own head over this. That's what centre forwards do. But but the options are amazing. And like you quite like you quite rightly say, you know, he's he's on the pitch and he's playing, and there's two guys on the bench that can play left side of that front three and Diaz and Nunes. And it's kind of if there's ever anything that's going to make you look across to the bench and think, I need to sort myself out because I'm having a, an indifferent 25 minutes. I need to get back in the races because I might not come out for the second half. Mm-hmm. That's how it was. Yeah. Um then he's then he's really a look at himself and improved and he's got his goals and he's got his assists there's other things in his game that came back to some degree you know there's the thing we, we, I was saying this last night to Dan um, on the instant match reaction the biggest difference is the questions were asked why is he starting over Darwin Nunes and the simple answer is he wins the ball back on the halfway and sets up a goal for the f- second Salah goal the fifth goal he wins the ball back on the edge of our box and if you can honestly tell me Darwin Nunes is going to do that for us, I think you might be wrong. Yeah. Um, that's why he started over Darwin Nunes, <laughs> because he's going to work like that to get the ball back. And Jürgen's has got a history, Steve, H, of trusting players. And I mean, like, putting trust in them. What we've had this season is we've had to put trust in players because we've had no one else. So we've had to go, I need you guys to go out there and do the business. And often this season, they haven't been able to deliver. Now he's, he's turning around and Thiago's fit and Darwin Nunes is fit. So it's not a case of Curtis Jones and Diogo Jota not playing because we've got no choice. Well, what a confidence boost for them. Like, no, you're keeping out our, our most expensive centre-forwards sign of all time. You're keeping out one of the best midfielders on the planet. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not that. I'm going with you guys. And both of them, ultimately, it was a harder, harder climb for Diogo Jota in the game. But both of them come out. And if, if both of them end up starting against Forrest at the weekend, they've, they've, they've fully earned the right to yeah, do that. I always think Jürgen's... It's a, it's a very odd thing to do because like, the conventional wisdom is someone's playing bad, you just drop them. Yeah. He very really drops plays. He kind of plays them back into form. He's like, you know, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he, he'll, Lovren's he'll, the best example yeah, of that. And he, well, what he'll do, he'll hook you after an hour, or he'll hook you at forty-five. He, he usually goes right, do it again. We'll keep playing and playing until you get better. Because if you drop Jota for five games, you don't need him in six. And, he, and you're looking at a Diogo Jota on the bench who's just gone. You killed him by just dropping him in. And take, you can take him. You can always take him out. Like Steve says, if either continued that first half performance, he won't come out for the second half. He was mm-hmm. he was shocking, but. That, that you can do that if he's on the bench already you, you know it, it's, a, it's a different thing and I've always thought that yeah he did it he went through a spell doing it with Chamberlain where I was like I can't believe he's playing again and, and lo and behold he got out of it he scored a couple of goals it was the Afcon time when mm-hmm. when both Salah and Mane were away so he has he has got history of doing that kind of thing and I I, I still don't he, I, I don't know Jürgen knows yet what he wants to do up front he knows most Salah's going to play and I don't. I think everything else. He's. It's still very much up in the air what, what he wants to do when everyone's fit and. I think Gakpo's forced his hand. Agreed. I think he should have, but I don't know if he definitely has. I wouldn't be shocked if it's Jota and Diaz. You know, at some, like I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't think anyone. I think it's, I think Mo Salah's nailed on, and the rest is is up, up for grabs. And I think that's it's fair enough. Um, my guess is Lewis. I fully fit Lewis Diaz will probably be nailed on as well. And then he's got other decisions to make. But it's it's like he said It's such a luxury to have. We've got six of them to the end of the season. Whether they go and replace with Firmino or not, touch would you go into next season with at least five just absolute worldies potentially? I think if they're all fit and firing. And 
I also think Paul, and I, I might be wrong on this, I don't think he's given up the ghost of top four because why would you? He might as well win every game. But if you're looking at the, uh, if this is a dry run of we're doing a new system, sort of, a little style of play, whatever you do it, why not play Jotter and Jones and see if they can do it? Because you need to know the answer. Yeah. You know, yes. you know Gakpo is going to be, you know Diaz is going to be here, yes. you know Thiago, what, what, there's no issues. Let's find out. Here's, here's five or six games. If I sell you in the summer, mate, well, you you had the chance. You know, yeah, we I, said it, we I, said I exactly that. this on the build-up show last night, didn't we? Because it's like they were two where you need to know if they can do it. And best case scenario, you find you've got two lads who can come in and impact football matches for you. Medium case scenario is that you've got you know, yeah, you can maybe move. You'll maybe move them on. And then there's a there's another case there where it's like, well, you might raise their profile and raise the value in the short term. And then instead of having two lads who have got no confidence, who've been bombed out, and then you you're like, well, do you want to give us 15 million, 20 million for these lads? You might have put like 10 million pounds on Curtis Jones's price just from his last two performances because all of a sudden he's shown he can do it, albeit against Leeds United, but against the top team in the Premier League and one of the bottom teams. He's shown he can cut to the Premier League level and that's got a, got a value. Yeah, both of those, Jota and Kurt Jones for me, it was about confidence their performance last night. Jota got his confidence from winning that ball back and driving forwards and getting the assist. Kurt Jones has built up his confidence over the last two games. Kurt Jones, was it against, I can't remember who his first game was against, was it was it Bournemouth or something? I can't remember. The game before Arsenal, whatever that one was. Um, he starts that one, he starts the Arsenal game, he starts this one, right, Chelsea. He doesn't try that pass, the, the, his assist, in his first game back. Just doesn't try it. He plays the simple ball to, through to Gakpo five yards yeah. in front of him, breaking into space. Tonight, he's got a little bit of confidence. Three, three games on the bounce under Jürgen Klopp, playing this nice new position that I'm really finding I'm getting a little bit of joy with. Got a little bit more attacking to do. I can pick passes. There's the, the, the sort of, the, the breaks are off almost. So he plays that pass and then he looks better again because of it. And it's just about building them up little by little. And sometimes that's what you need with players. You need the belief, I think, going back to the system change, that this is going to work. I think one of the problems Jürgen might have had this season, um, I, I stress the word might here because it's completely unfounded, but when you've changed a few times, we've tried diamond, we've tried 4-4-2, we've tried 4-2-3-1, et cetera, et cetera, the players might lose belief in what you're trying because you're telling me that this is going to be the next thing and it didn't work. And then the next thing, and the next thing, and the next thing. This is something that seems to have stuck with them. And they're like, do you know what? We believe now. Halfway into that first half, they believed. They could understand how it was going to work, how we were going to attack Leeds, how we were going to get the better of Leeds United. So it's belief in a system and belief in each individual player is sort of part of that system. Here, Jones, for me, was freed you know, the last couple of games because he's not having to think about the harder side of things. The, the thing that doesn't come naturally to him, he's in an area of the pitch where he wants to play and he's comfortable playing and he's doing it differently to how maybe your Gundogan would do it on that left-hand side. He's sort of running in between the right back and the right side of centre-half. He's allowed to go around the outside. Shock, that's where he played. Like, you know what I mean? That's what he was doing when he was growing up. So he's enter, uh, entering into an area of the pitch where he's really good and he, he's comfortable. And and Jordan Henderson, the goal against Arsenal where he runs in and flicks the ball onto Mo, is it? That's the Gundogan style. It's the opposite side of the pitch where someone's just running into the box. But Hendo's able to do that around the outside as well. Everything just seems to be that this, this position, he might not be the best at it, he might not be the long term at it, but it suits what he wants to do and what he's capable of doing, and, and Joss is the same, really. He's just, I mean, for Curtis Jones, he's, he's just had a horrible, horrible time with injuries, and I've said this a couple of times, last couple of weeks on this on this show, of like, 
I don't, I get not think, I get thinking he's not of the level to be like a world star. I mean, because that's, you, you may as well say that for every footballer and you'd probably be right because very few actually truly make it to that sort of level. But it's the people who are just, who are nasty with their criticism <laughs> of him. Like, you know I mean, I know, writing them off and it's like waste their time and energy apropos of nothing. And that is to say, with no provocation whatsoever, we'll just take to social media and go, such and such, he's shit and he's not good enough and he's championship level and he's blah, blah, blah. It's like, I'm sorry, but you don't know. You genuinely don't know. And if you're going to err on the side of what's gone before, he's made 80 odd appearances for Liverpool in the best Liverpool team, certainly the Premier League era, and comparable to the greatest Liverpool teams of all time. Mm. And that should, that should count for something. But in a lot of people's minds, it doesn't. He's a, he's a great example of just sometimes you just it's a bit of a Bill Hicks but isn't but just shut up and watch him play, just shut up and let him get on with it. If he's not good enough, he'll get moved on. But if he, if he, if he keeps sticking around, yeah, this with Henderson, like the amount of managers you kept Jordan Henderson around and kept giving him increasing importance in the team, and yet you still have the same people going, no, it's crap, not good enough, not good enough to play for Liverpool, and then ultimately proves and again. Different, you know, Kez Jones might never get anywhere near to touching the, the 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 levels that Jordan Henderson reach. But we've had enough examples in recent years of just just what just watch and see and shut up. If someone's genuinely shit, there's genuinely nothing to be gained from slaughtering individual footballers and being horrible about it. You're absolutely spot on. You need squad players ultimately. I might look at Kez Jones and go, right now, I don't think he's good enough right now to be a centre midfielder in a team that wins the league. That is my view right now. That can change, obviously. But is he better than, and I just Googled him because I was 100% sure of his name, is he better than Luke Chadwick who stuck around at Manchester United for five years and won league titles as a squad player? Or in say, however many of those Manchester United players you didn't think were that good but were able to come in and do a job for them to win league titles? Probably is better than those players, to be honest with you. And that's like the levels thing, isn't it? He can be a good squad option for us and if he's versatile as well and he's kind of proven that, then Jürgen will be happy with him. You know, and doesn't mean he doesn't need to go out and spend 30, 40, 50 million pounds because Kerr mm. can become that 30, 40, 50 million pound player if he's not that already. And you look at successful teams in history, look at the great Brazilian sides, they're Dunga, the, the yeah. European Brazilian, they tagged him, did the water carrier, did he a day job? So they're not as good as they were, there were players around them that get, grabbed the highlights because they were, they were like generational players of ridiculous talent. You can't necessarily have 11 players of that nature you need you need depth you need a squad there's no reason why getting fit get over the niggles get rid of the silly injuries that he picks up he proved last night when he comes in the drop off isn't huge and it will always be a horses for courses situation with Curtis Jones you probably wouldn't give him the freedom that he had last night say against Arsenal or Man City or Chelsea but we knew we would get that against Leeds so no problem at all I've kind of been on the fence with him is he or isn't he good enough to be at the club He's 22 years old. He's played 80 games for Liverpool. How many 22-year-olds play 80 games in a in an elite European club of the, the stature and the magnitude of Liverpool? So it's about time we just back off and let him do Can his thing sport? and see where he gets to. It's an overused thing, seriously. But if he was if he was playing for any of the other Champions League teams on the continent at that age with that many appearances, and we were linked with him in the summer, there's a lot of us who'd be who'd be who'd be quickly Googling, you know what I mean, finding YouTube highlight reels and probably pairing over some of the things that he's done. I think he, I don't know, he's not going to drag Liverpool over the line, but I think when Liverpool are playing well, 
he can drop in and fit. Yeah. You know, if that does that make sense? Yeah, like, yeah. I don't think he's like like I said, which I, is the it, same as Oxley Chamberlain, yeah, but Oxley Chamberlain's yeah, twenty eight, and that's what I'm saying. Which yeah. is which is fine. Listen, again, squad thing. Liverpool are going to win the league title. I don't think Kerr Jones starts thirty games at this moment. He might change. He might develop. But if Liverpool are playing well, and you know, if he's played he played against Chelsea that game when you know we were. Confidence wasn't great away from home. We, you know, we were, we were, we were in a bit of a lull, and you could, you could kind of, you could sense that a little bit. And then against Arsenal, first half, we were, we were just absolutely shocking. But then when I think when Liverpool start playing well, Curtis Jones plays well. If that makes sense, mm-hmm. that's the that's the conundrum at some point in his development. If he wants to be a, a regular starter, Liverpool, he need, he he needs to play well regardless of what's going on mm. around him. Yeah. At the moment in time, he still he, he still needs like he needs other people around him to be doing bits and bobs. But what I would say is that. The, the you can the, say that for most young players, by yeah, the way. Yeah, he's twenty-two. I, I, that's, I'm, I'm fully. I'm not. This isn't a, a massive slagging him off. I'm, what I'm saying is, like, he's not Trent. He's not that level of player. Trent's yeah. going to be a world-class footballer. Where Trent can have a good game and Liverpool can still be shite or vice versa, whatever. But speaking of Alexander, I'll go on to it. The fact that now Curtis Jones has got two defenders behind him in midfield and then three other people back there. It's it's essentially a five and a five. He doesn't have to worry too much. I think what Chris said before. I don't want to give the ball away yeah? because what's yeah all Jürgen said in every in every press conference was so easy to counter against. Was so easy to counter against. We we, we give the ball and then if you're in the field, you're thinking fucking hell, I can't get the ball away yeah because with all due respect, the lad who's there at the minute his legs have fell off mm-hmm. and behind him isn't exactly perfect either at the moment in time. So you don't play that. You don't try that risky pass. Those little flicks. I felt yeah yesterday. I thought the same with Jordan Henderson a little bit. They were trying a few more things. Maybe they had that confidence of right. Well, at least if we give it away, yeah, I've got Trent and I've got Fabinho on my field, and I've got three lads back there. We can get away with it a little bit more. So I think the freedom of the of the last couple of games has really helped Curtis Jones. He's a he's a very attack minded player. You mentioned before about confidence. I don't think he lacks for confidence really. In 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 sense of like, if anything, he's, he's, he's got he's got that arrogance that I love. You know what I mean? Like he, he mm-hmm. thinks he should be in the team every week. He thinks because of what Thiago, I'm, I want to play, and I love that about him. But I think in terms of like the 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 understanding of the team, I always felt like he was he was wrestling with himself. He was trying to be Genie Wijnaldum because I've seen Genie Wijnaldum do this, and that's what Jurgen wants me to be. And I don't think he's ever going to be that. But if Liverpool are going to be a more attack-minded team with a back door that's solid, then he's absolutely fine. He'll, he'll do well. He's, he's, he's what six foot one. He's got pace. He doesn't lose possession of the football. Like, and you know, in a very broad sense, we've had years of going like Curtis Jones doesn't lose the ball. He does. But you know what I mean? He, he's just, he, in mad circumstances where young footballers lose their heads and just do something stupid, boot it off for throw ins or wild to kick it away, he'll take that extra touch, beat someone and maintain possession. He, his close control is great. He's got an eye for goal. And as we saw last night, he's got vision and creativity. In fact, the last, you know, it's not even a pre assist against Arsenal, is it? But it's the pass that unlocks Arsenal for the goal that sends Andy Robertson to do the bravery to hold onto the ball to little do a little Draw shuffle. Yeah, exactly. The little the little like kind of reverse back heel kind of shuffle thing, um, and then that assist for Diogo Jota. It's, it's perfect. That's a that's you know, a wonderful. I was all the pass right. I think the best part of that thing yesterday was when that Fairpo comes to time, snap his leg. If you're watching it, he comes in with like a straight leg, and Jones just pops it round him with like a. Like a shovel of almost, he scoops it round him, and then again, it's it's not noticeable. His second touch with his left foot, it's 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 just it's that natural dribbling ability. Yeah. I know you took a lot of stick by saying the McManaman thing a while ago. Mm-hmm. It's the it's the but it was it is that ability to shift it from left onto his right foot very quickly. Like he, we saw Jota struggle with that a couple of times. We were on counter attacks, and it was on Jota's left that he was trying to get it across. 
and it took him a bit long. What, what Curtis, he's really good at that. Shifting it onto his right foot to get away what he needs to do. I thought the build, the pass is excellent, but I thought the way he scoops the ball around and then gets into position and uses that, that frame, like you say, to all the fellas. And as the, as really the, strong. the confidence, not to just roll it three yards in front of Gakpo and let him do the running, or just to pop it to Salah, who then becomes the guy in the position to either run in a, down a blind alley because we've seen Salah do that plenty of times in that situation or tries to take someone on or is the, is the guy who then plays the pass. He's like, I don't need these guys. I'll go and do it myself and that's that's confidence. He's uh, a confident carrier of a football. Yeah, but when was the last time we had a genuine centre midfielder that first thought was to get the ball out of his feet and drive into it space? It should be fucking Naby Keita. That's the, that's that, the thing. That was what we signed him for. It's what he did in the Bundesliga but seemed to leave it there when he but came it, over. It, it should, it, <laughs> this is the thing. He's, he's lost a year of his career because of injuries he goes back to last winter before in mid-season last year when he gets the eye injury and then that he really struggles to get back in the team exactly and this muscle this muscle bone growth thing that he's got at the minute he'd have started games this season he'd have played he'd have been in the first team plans from minute one of the season because if nothing else because the other lads were injured because when we've had in, we, we, you know, that's also not to be harsh on him but that's also why he's got 80 games for Liverpool because of Liverpool's recruitment you know, and not having the midfielders, and yeah. but that can work both ways. Well, yeah, it? it depends on whether you want to treat that as a negative. Do you, do you recruit? Do you not recruit because it's bad? No, or it's a side. My point, sort of, more that like that when you come into a side, sometimes certainly this season when you're not playing well, it's easy to look around and see other players doing things and kind of just copy them. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what Kurt playing in the middle of the park is kind of done. He's played that safe option, that safe pass. Because that's what the senior professionals are doing. When he's come in earlier on, when Liverpool were playing brilliantly and everyone's full of zip and all over the place, Kurt's happy to do all that. He's cracking at that, loves to beat a man, etc., etc. And you've got to remember sometimes just because he's been here a long time, not to judge him like he's bit, he's a he's a professional who's played at the top for five years. He is still under 100 appearances as a young player and he's young enough yeah. and he's going to improve if he plays games of football and we'll find out his level. He's nowhere near it. That's the difference between him and Ox. Yeah. I know Ox ain't getting no better. Yeah. There's a long way Kerr could go. He's play, He will have, if it hadn't been, I mean, this season, I think he'd, be, he'd probably be at least on 100 appearances. You know what I mean? If he'd had, if he'd had a little bit more luck this season with injuries. M- Milner, Milner should have probably... Well. 30 to 40 less appearances for Liverpool at this stage, and a lot of them would have been eaten up by Kate Jones if he'd been available. Yeah, exactly. Right. Uh, I don't want to do too much more focus on that, but it's good to encourage like, It just is what it is at this point. It go, just to, on your point about the recruitment thing, this is it. Is Liverpool clearly see something in them? And maybe, you know, maybe this is, is, is a look where they, they just want to double check, they want to double down, right? Let's have one last really clear look at him and make a decision for the summer because he does need game time. Is he good enough to get the game time at Liverpool? Well, we're going to find out. And it, on the balance of what I'm seeing in the last couple of games, why wouldn't you keep him around? He's a local lad, he's a Liverpool fan. He fills your homegrown, quoted in the best possible way because he's come through your academy as well. And if, you, if and your point of spot was spot on, Steve, as long as there's no significant drop off, that's mission that's that's entry level that's a good that's a good starting ground that's a starting place to build from you want footballers to come in and not harm what you're trying to do across the board if then they add on top of that then you've got yourself a really really good footballer just on the jot the thing i want to talk trent now but i just had a quick look into he's been back he's made 10 appearances in the premier league since coming back from the calf injury uh, he's got two goals and three assists in that time so and obviously last night will skew that because two of the goals and one of the assists comes in that but all of a sudden Five goal contributions in ten appearances, having had a very, very serious injury. Um, 
again, just leans towards he's a guy who's turning the corner and starting to make himself uh, useful again. He feels like a confidence player to me. He feels like he's going to get you a glut of goals because that's what he did. Yeah. Uh, and I then think it's going to be a little bit of a drought and then a glut of goals. I and think assists. he's amazing. I've, 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 since the day we signed him, we first watched him, I was like, this lad's incredible. I think he's brilliant. I think he is in our best team going forward. I think if you, a, a fully fit and fire and Jota, I think is is a, a huge asset. It's just, I, I don't know if it's been psychological because it's, it's, it's a couple of bad injuries and I don't know how much he enjoys legging around the left wing a little bit, but he certainly enjoyed, he felt like he enjoyed it more uh, against Leeds than he had done in the past. I think he's, a, again, he, he's one, he's definitely one you stick with and you play, I saw rumours like sell him in the summer, I was like, what? Mad, like, unless he's, unless he really fancies getting off that's crazy for me. He's he's brilliant. It's, it's a it's a situation with him. Sorry for interrupting. Situation with him where, outside of goals and assists, which we've seen and you've just referenced, if he's not doing those things, people will look at him and say, "Well, what's he giving you?" Yeah. Because he's different to all the other forwards. The goal against Everton last year was an instinctive wallop, bang, top corner. None of the other forwards would have taken that effort there. They'd have cut it back for somebody else. He's a little bit different. He scores his second goal by the thing that we spoke about a lot. He stops his run on the edge of the box. Everyone else carries on and suddenly he's in space and he gets a shot off and scores. If he's not doing those things, then certain elements of our fan base will look at him and go, well, actually, what is he doing? But like Chris says, I think he's a confidence player. We, we, we talk of Gomez being a confidence player. Some guys need a run of games to get back into form. Really good timing last night to come back into form with what we've got in front of us and what we're trying to achieve. And he'll play a big part in that because he's, he's, he'll go into, into training today and he'll be buoyed by what's gone on last night and hopefully we benefit from that. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems. But getting therapy has its own problems, too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and, of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Absolutely. Uh, Liam Bento with the Super Chat while we were chatting there, just on a different player altogether in the midfield, says, how does Fabinho pick up as many yellow cards as he does nine whenever manages to get a second yellow slash red card? Is that discipline, form slash fitness issue? Um I, I, well, and then sometimes it's luck. Darkfield says he's, he's a DM. It's literally his job. Um, that's the the best DMs have that, don't they, Chris? They have the ability to to to, to play on the edge of a yellow card. Yeah, I don't. Know. 
he, he, there's a few situations over the last sort of eight weeks where I think he's probably should have been sent off a couple of times, to be honest, because he's been just really badly late on challenges. When he's at his absolute peak, you take a yellow card when you know you're going to take a yellow card. Don't think that's the same quite at the moment with him. He's taking a yellow card because he's late into challenges, and that's the difference. Yeah. Um, hence these points of his legs have literally fallen off. <laughs> um, yeah, so... He's, he's still a worry. But I think that, that the... He's not for the best for being was getting himself booked when he had to. Yeah. This for being back here. There. This for being not doing that. This the yellow card is, is, is part of your armoury, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, because he used to see it. He used to just laugh at it. He to, and now he's doing the whole. Like I didn't even mean that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> didn't mean that one. Usually it's a sound because he, he used to drag someone back over, boot them, and then just walk back into his position. Now he's kind of like, oh shit, I was I was half a yard there. And we, we even saw a little bit of that yesterday. I thought with him, I think he, he he's massively being benefited by having Alcantara around next to him. But like we're all talking about these midfielders, you know, I don't want to go off too off tangent really, but like. Liverpool need to buy someone who can play DM. Yeah. Badly. Whether whether it's Gravenberch, who we know can do it as well, but like Fabinho, I'm you saw about lads getting played back into form. I'm not sure you can play someone into form when the legs have might have fell off. Okie dokie. Uh, Elite Six sends a super chat in saying, Great show, all glad Jota proved me wrong last night. Also, I can't wait till Nunes learns to speak English so I can hear and be as sexy as well as see it. The ultimate uh, Darwin Nunes thirst account that is Elite Six. Dropping big, a fan of, of the big, big, big fan. Um, is Elite Six, six. Let's talk Trent. Um, Mate. Cara <laughs> described him, said only Kevin De Bruyne is a better passer. And I thought it was an interesting thing, Chris, where Trent's been hung out to dry all season, probably by Fabinho not being able to cover him. So he's decided to go and cover Fabinho instead <laughs> just solve everyone's problems the interesting thing for me came from Jürgen's post-match where he, was, he used the word stability a couple of times didn't he and how you build confidence off the back of stability and how defending's out Jürgen's belief is defending is the only way you can gain stability so yeah, Jamie Carragher asked him the question you know did you move him there to get him on the ball or did you move him there to make it a little bit better defensively. And yeah, it was like a bit of both. But I think what it came down to was he wanted the, the stability at the base of the team. And what Steve said before, I think, is that five on five is is where they were sort of going with it. But it, it's interesting because whenever anyone's really spoken about him as a midfielder, it's never been a six. Although I've always felt he's probably most suited to playing the Zabi Alonso-esque six rather than the Makaleli-esque six. Um, it's always been more as the eight. It's been alluded to. And I didn't think it really suited him, but you've put him in there and he's got a position on the field where you can see everything. Yeah. Uh, you know, I was basically had to bin the underpants I was wearing last night. Um, like just the fucking scanning, you know, around the field and stuff. And you know what I realised after the game, Paul, is that why it stood out so much to me is I've never seen Trent do it before. He's not in a position on the field where he needs to have Don't his head on a right. swivel. Yeah. He just doesn't need to do any of that. <laughs> just waving to the other Kenny. Yeah. <laughs> he can see Robbo. He can see everyone else. He just plays those balls. He's like, he goes, looks at, I hand out, look right. Hey, nice shirt, mate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll sign hey, that later. Hey, he's like, Mo's so, a laddie and he wants your shirt. He's got some cardboard. <laughs> so that, that's kind of it for me, is just the, that understanding of where he is on the field you could see he's painting that picture in his head all the time he's got as as jamie quite rightly says uh, 
maybe there's only one better pass of the ball. I'm not sure about that. We'll see. We'll see in the fullness of time whether Trent's on the same level or as Kevin De Bruyne or not. Right now, Kevin De Bruyne is ahead of him in, in, in that category, but I don't think it'll be for very long if he's playing in that position. He's got all the attributes to do it and do it well. In fact, towards the end of the game, Paul, there was a, Fabinho was stood like a spare prick at a wedding in the middle of the park, off to the left in the Thiago position, admiring Trent's footwork and handiwork and everything else because he was just like, oh shit, lad's been doing it for fucking 90 minutes plus 45 and he's miles better than me. I've been doing all my life. Yeah, we've just found the thing what it accentuates his positives and hides his negatives a little bit. That's all we've done. You know, he's still he's still playing right back in a sense of when we haven't got the ball, he would, mm. he would, he would be there. So he's not, people say move Trent to midfield, he's not really doing that. Because I, I agree, I'm not sure, as part of a three-man midfield, I'm not sure he could, where he would fit. I, I think, think he it, could play a six if it was a different six. Yeah, if he's play, he could do the six a bit like when you're playing against someone shite. Pirlo would, yeah. Ger- Gerard in his latter years, Just or like the as I mentioned, Zabi Alonso, Jorginho's the modern-day version. There are different types yeah. of six. But it wouldn't be Liverpool six the way we call. Well, he's not. He's not, Liverpool, yeah, he's not Liverpool six. who's just there to let the fullbacks go. He's too good for that. We've just so. We, I think it's interesting that. I think it helps that Ebu's playing. Mm. I know. God, I mean, goal aside, that, that that formation doesn't work with anyone else. I think there. maybe. I think maybe Gomez. Gomez, Gomez, with, Gomez got a bit of pace, but it's whether he's physical enough. It works. I know again, he shit the bed yesterday, but you'll forgive him that one a little bit for, for that. But Liverpool have just found. The, I think what they've decided to do. I think at the start of the season, and you might you might disagree with Chris on this one because I know you, you're into the tactics a bit more than I do sometimes. And but like, it felt like he, we oh, sorry, just off. It felt like our team was built around Darwin Nunes, and everything was like Sally out of the way, and we'll do this, and Darwin's the man. And then throughout the course of the season, it's, everything's changed. That team yesterday just looks like it's built around Trent Alexander-Arnold. Yes. It was just built for him to go and flourish, and that's why not because he is genuinely brilliant. Going right, right, Trent, you do this. You 150 touches the ball. If Trent's on the ball 150 times. Something good's gonna come over eventually. You know, like he's he's not he's, he's not gonna yeah. just he's not gonna just knock it sideways one hundred fifty times. Your your energy crisis of your midfield it solves your passion crisis, your desire crisis. You know, I've talked about once I wanted someone in the midfield who desperately wants the football, who wants it back, and wants to go and get it as well. And you don't really think of Trent as that, but actually, when he look at where our first goal comes from, he makes the he, he doesn't complete the pass. It's it's it's. It's a nice idea, but it doesn't come off. But then he's on the front foot. He's trying to win it back, and obviously gets it's bit humble. He gets he gets lucky with it. He does, but he was doing that against Arsenal as well. Front foot, aggressive, wants to be everywhere, wants to make things happen for us, and we just haven't. None of our other midfielders have got the legs to do that. Trent's twenty four years old. He he's, he's not been didn't get the minutes at the World Cup. He's not being he's not getting picked for England, so he's not being run into the ground. He's got a point to prove, and you know what. He's actually being put into a position on the pitch where he can prove the point, as opposed to you know you're not going to answer you no one he's never going to answer his defensive critics as a fullback ever, ever 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 because they're now ingrained in people. People will be wrong as they have actually have been because he's an absolutely fine defender, but because all because all it takes is one winger to go past you and wingers do that all the time. So you put him into an area of the field where he gets to grab the game. And honestly, we said this two games on. It was two Stevie-esque performances for me back to back, where he, he he's clearly been chomping at the bit to try and help Liverpool, and you can't because every time he's tried to help Liverpool, he's left a big gaping hole behind him, and he's been exploited, and then he's getting called a twat by everyone around the, around football, and that's doing him down. Now it's it it does build the team around Trent because he he looks ready to be the main man for the football. I, I agree with Chris's point on he's he's more of a six than an eight. If you look at 
his defensive statistics, interceptions is probably his, his greatest attribute. And as a six, you can stop the line breaking passes and you can get over the football. What I saw yesterday was a lad who had every single pass in his locker, was happy to use every single pass in his locker, would pop the ball off and take it, take someone coming in on him late at times. They were a bit late to arrive, trying to knock him out of his stride. And for, for over an hour, it absolutely controlled the game. I don't remember the last time a Liverpool centre midfielder gave us as a performance where everyone in the team just looked to give him the ball. Stevie Gerrard is the name that comes to mind. Very different from, from, from a Gerrard position in that he brought more of the team into play. He used everybody. He used, went back to Ibu if he needed to. He went to Ali, Ali sometimes across to, to the left-hand side. He's got, all, I think this is Jamie Carragher's point, he's got all of the passes in his locker that a midfielder should ever have. Mm. And his execution of him is unbelievable. It's Alonso-esque for me. Though, it is, it is. That style, like I mentioned yeah. before. But much more mobile than Alonso. Well, so well, well that's what I'm saying. He's, he's, he's got the... He's, well, it was Gerard was Alonso's legs, well... Firmino's legs it was a bit different but you are right he can get about the pitch more than Alonso did but in terms of there's absolute danger if you give him two yards on the ball he'll find anyone like he'll, whatever whatever he needs to do and what, what I liked about it I think sometimes you can what's the for free, like you, you can feel it a little bit like oh, I'm, I'm having a world here and you just go for the Hollywood style every single time it's like nah sand I'll just roll there was a couple of times we just rolled it into Gakpo or rolled it into Jota because it was on and then and then he'll get it back, and then he'll go. Not everything needs to be Hollywood ball to Andy Roberts. The best or... part, you're right, is those five yard quick passes between the midfielders, and you're just taking the piss out of the other player who's running in between you, and you just can't do it, and you're just popping it off in little triangles. And eventually and he gets three yards, and then he can do the, yeah. he can what do was, the ball. What was interesting it was times when he had the ball, Leeds covered off his options. So they would have spoken about this. They would have watched the video from the previous game, and it didn't work for them, obviously, but the manager would have said, well, he's got the ball. That's your man, that's your man, that's your man, that's your man. The next biggest issue he's going to have to have is when teams do that properly in front of him. This is where recruitment for Liverpool becomes really important because if it's not him, it needs to be somebody else. Mm. And you can't ask Fabinho to do the same thing that, that Trent did yesterday. And there will come a point where teams legislate for his ability on the ball. This is, you're absolutely right. And this is what Arsenal did in the second half against us. Because we were essentially playing the same formation for most of the game, weren't we? They had a man on each guy. And Mo Salah ends up with the most touches he's had in the Premier League all season. Because Henderson just tucks inside, opens that passing lane to Mo Salah, 1v1 with Gabriel. Most dribble attempts, although he didn't get any dribbles past Gabriel all season that's the other thing it's like well if we're going to play central what does that do well it opens up wide and then you've got Mo Salah to worry about I also think Chris it really helps when you're a centre forwards if you know the fellow on the ball can find you yeah. it's it's so easy you make those runs every day with all due respect if there's other players you might not fancy that well, one look at Erling every Harland, time City yeah, every stupid, yeah, to get on your bike Steven Gerrard gets the ball that the, the Nunes goal is is Gerrard to Torres that's just, it's, that, it's that type of goal it's one straight ball of a world class player to a striker who, who does amazingly well, brings it down, touch finish. It's it's it sounds easy, but like it's easy to make those, and that's why I think that whoever plays wide, and that's why Gakpo now should will be the striker probably, or Jota because it's someone you need someone who can come in because Trent might just need the five yard pass that Steve's on about. If they if they're blocking the, the, every ball, then you need to pop it to someone. But then if you've got your wingers, you can come out to win. We saw Mo Salah playing centre-forward a couple of times, mm -hmm. a little bit, because it's, it's, you go right sounds, and you can make those narrow runs. It's really hard. Like Leeds, by the end of it, were a shambles. They'd felt a bit to get it. But I also understand a little bit, because they were getting right. They were giving the run around, because if, if, if they did, if they sat back, which, by the way, they should have done. At like 3-1, three, three they should have just called the game off, because the goal difference could kill them. 
but they never because we, we, they just keep knocking around us we're going to have to go and engage and the second you go and engage see you later we're in over the top time and time again if Trent's playing there and everyone else is doing, knows exactly what they're doing that's going to be hard for anybody to stop because yeah. the only way fine go and close him as long as he's got an option of a short pass whether it's to a Van Dijk or a Canate or to a Fabinho just to get him out of jail You'll be absolutely fine. He's got things to improve, you know, as well. He's played better. Two games. It's exactly, exactly. <laughs> you know, and but but the encouraging thing because I've seen a few of the comments and I, I love how people have, have made their opinion upon things and are desperate to like to, to play it down. And I do agree. You need a greater sample size to truly be able to say with you know with your full chest this is this is the future of Trent Alexander Arnold. But in fact, I want to hear from Chimera saying you were all clown. <laughs> Trent had one decent game in which he didn't have to defend against a team at the bottom of the log. Try playing like that against City and see what happens. I mean, he literally played, top of the, played the top of the league team last week and bossed the game. But from that, from doing exactly the same thing, and this is what we get lost sometimes: is that we're seeing a, a, a tactical shift from the top teams. John Stone did it against us. Exactly, John Stone. But, but John Zinchenko's been doing it for them. You know, I said we've mentioned it I feel elsewhere, like but like years, yeah. Rico Henry does it the other way for City sometimes as well. We've got we we there's a chance we've got the best one right now. It's a chance, right? Is is you know best case scenario it works and no one can stop us and we win every game between now and the end of the season. Worst case, you're never quite sure which Trent Alexander Arnold's turning up. Fucking hell! I mean, that that that's a tough thing to have to deal yeah. with, isn't it? Bloody hell! Is Trent going to play there? Is he playing right Who's back this week? To shut him down? What? How are we going to defend this? Do you have to come up with two game plans for Trent Alexander Arnold every single game? Wow! But just one thing on that on Trent as well. The big difference I saw from him, and it's something you touched on, Steve Plunkett, um, earlier, is he looked like a leader. Mm-hmm. Now, people have always talked about Trent as a captain. I've never really seen it. In fact, I've seen him as a talisman. I've seen him as a maestro. I've seen him as for what he is as a footballer. I've never really seen him as a leader. In fact, it's a, it's difficult to do from fullback. But Robbo's always stood a little bit ahead of him in terms of leadership well, from the fullback position. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yesterday. The whole team looked to Trent like a leader, and he was there five ten minutes in. I put, called it to you. Watch him; he's pointing at Fabinho, telling him where Fabinho to go, and he's running past Fabinho, and he's pointing everywhere and everywhere. And everyone all of a sudden went, "Bloody hell, we've got a Stephen Gerrard type captain here." Don't get carried away. I don't think you know we're there yet. You are right; it's a game. It's two games, but that's what the team looked to him like, and he looked like a fucking talisman. And I'm like, wow, that's that's something else. That's On a, a team big step full of up. top players, everyone wants to give the ball to Trent. Yeah. Everyone, every single person on the pitch wanted Trent on the ball. The defenders didn't want it, so they gave it to Trent. And the strikers are desperate for him to have it because you know they're going to get found. Robbo can't wait for him to get it because he can go sound. I can go. Um, it, it just works out. It works a treat if you can. If, if you, I think it's. If I'm game planning against Liverpool now, that's that's really difficult to game plan. Yeah, absolutely. There's a there's a comment here from one of our YouTube members who is using a character set that doesn't exist within our language, so I couldn't tell you what your username is. Um, but they do say Trent can stay as an inverted fullback as long as we have cover for Canate at right centre. That's the issue. We said we said this before, didn't we? I think was it was, was I don't know. We all film at this point. Like if Matip's playing, you might be in trouble there. Yeah. Uh, if Gomez has got the pace. Has he got the physicality to do it? It makes sense why look, there was links to Gavardial, for example. Mm-hmm. Big, strong, quick, athletic defenders. I think you're sad. I think this might go, and again, this might, I might be completely off on this. It might be one of the reasons to why like, Matip's being linked away. Because maybe if they were always planning to do this shift, because remember, start of the season, Trent was in midfield a bit more. It was just that 
it was a fucking disaster. But no, it was completely different. It was a different style. It completely of it. different. It wasn't he's been doing it for eighteen months, but he's been behind the front players. Yeah. This is completely different in terms of Trent being in the middle. Sorry, what I'm saying is we were asking he's somebody. Vacated the right we were asking somebody to go and to fill in for him, or we went. But which we went sometimes was the problem. We were asking Jordan Henderson to, and he couldn't get back there. If we're going to ask the centre back to do it. It's gonna to have to be someone who can, like again, who can get about the pitch. And as much as I like Joel Matip, that can't. I don't think. I think the the, the question's right. I, I think you're right. And in terms of recruitment, looking into the summer, we need to buy a model that's as close or a player as close to Canate as possible, with all the same attributes: the physicality, the size, the, the you know the willingness to win You're the ball. You're a unicorn, aren't you? A little bit. Well, there are other physical big centre-halves out there with pace. You, know, you just mentioned one yourself, but we're not going to spend hundred million pound on the centre back, are we? Um, there will be other options out there. And it and it will help us with the situation that where we are right now. Do you mean you don't think it's at Vandenberg? Oh, I forgot about him. <laughs> Listen, oh look, I'm not going to get into Thanks for that. that. <laughs> <laughs> it's been but but what I'm trying to say is, if if you want to do it, you want to do it every game, or you want to think of do it more often than not. You need to make sure that your third centre back. So it's more is... likely to be him than Nat Phillips, just to clear. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, clear on yeah, that. yeah, yeah. Well, good point. Um, you need you need someone of a similar. Physical stature to to Canate. You defender with pace, you could defend in space. Well, not and physically strong as well. That that's one thing. Yeah. That's where Gomez would let. I think that's my concern with Gomez. Gomez would be able to get there. It's whether he can body someone he gets there. Because I think I th- Gomez can against wingers. Yeah, yeah. The, wingers, Napoli, yeah. Game, the Napoli game, the the, the covered sky oh, game yeah, thing yeah. where he shouldered him and cut the ball back. That's a concern that we've seen. That would, and I'm not. If you can do it at right back, you can do it. At, Right, ten to half. Like so. You know what's interesting? It's how it affects Robertson as well. Because Robertson's now, you know, it's about Trent now, midfield the right back. Robbo's now left centre back, left back. Because he's still he's he's left back left centre back of a three. Yeah. But that goal on the break, he's a marauding left back who took the absolute. Piece. Interesting. It interesting was brilliant when he did that. Trent just dropped back into the right side. To they, but they, they, those two are going to have to really dovetailed yeah. really yeah. well there. And that's the thing, you know, you want to be flexible as possible. You don't want Could to Could do that, sorry to interrupt. Possibly. I, I don't, I'm not sure about the centre-back thing. That's and the this worry, is why I think, yeah. I think we'll go for the left-sided centre-half if we if we can, because yeah. it gives you a bit more flexibility. Because the worst thing you can do is build your team around one footballer. Exactly. And if Trent is the system, then you're in a world of trouble if you do get if you get an injury. Whereas what you want to be able to do is, we were talking about this about like Thiago. Thiago can do all the things that Trent was doing in the midfield slot, but do you want him covering it right back? Probably, probably not so much. Jordan hasn't got the passing range, but he can he can do those things. There's, there's a couple of other. So the, the way you mitigate that is by maybe looking on the other side of the pitch in, instead, and you get someone who's who can do who's a bit who's, like like what City are doing with John Stones and Zinchenko and what have you in Arsenal. But that's a question for the recruitment team more more than anything else. Um, just one one last point on this, just to move it forward. I did the player rankings last night after the game, and the thing that the big takeaway for me was. The players I put either just sound is in our middle tier was Allison, Van Dyke, Robertson, Hen- Fabinho, Henderson, and Salah above, just slightly above because he got his goals. It was all the guys who've been carrying the team for years, all put in a really solid sound seven out of ten, seven to eight out of ten performances, and it was all the fresh legs, the younger players, the ones we bought in, the ones with all the running and the desire, were the ones who all were, were sitting above them, broadly speaking. And it's like that was felt to me like the first time in for ages where 
the evolution of the team makes sense all of a sudden. And when Diaz is get when you start to see more performances from Diaz when he gets back fit again, that will only add to that because all of a sudden, yeah, it, there's five players. There's going to be five players who are who've, who haven't been running to the ground by us for, for, for over a six or seven year period. You have got legs who are hungry to go and win more, and then hopefully they get to then drag the other lads along. But very, very encouraging. A bait against Leeds United. Bore off. Um, right, short break from us. Uh, I want to talk. Uh, I want to get any rant from anyone. If anyone's got one on a bright, sunny, post Liverpool away win day. Uh, and then we're going to look at uh, a couple of the transfer links, Forest, and maybe a little bit of a look at Newcastle's fixtures as well. Stay tuned. Hey everyone, come and join us for the very first Redmen TV Liverpool quiz night live at Hotel Anfield. On Friday, May the 5th, we'll be down at Hotel Anfield for an outrageous evening of Liverpool trivia, party games, amazing prizes and incredible live music from Dave Jags of the Ragamuffins. Yes, hosted by our very own deadly duo, Mr. Chris Pajak and Mr. Paul Machen. We promise you an unforgettable Liverpool theme night. It is the perfect precursor for the weekend's match. So if you're heading to our wonderful city for Liverpool versus Brentford, or if you're just looking somewhere to have an amazing night out with you and your mate, bring your trivia brain, bring your dancing shoes, and best of all, bring your shooting boots as well. So yeah, get your tickets now. Scan the QR code that's on the screen. If you go to ticketquarter.co.uk and just search for the Red Men TV, you can get them there as well. Or just find us on all of our social accounts and there'll be links there too. Don't delay, the tickets are going to sell out fast. There are only limited numbers as well. And best of all, if you want to get a group of your mates together, get on there. You can book tables and you'll get discount for buying as a group as well. So yeah, don't delay. Make sure you go and get them. Come and join us down at Hotel Anfield on May the 5th. It's going to be an absolute belter of a night. Make sure you're there. Go and get your tickets. Hey, it's the Bias Football Podcast. Good and respect of the week. I mean, I don't know the scoreline, but if we could play the video of the time-wasting, please, in the Crystal Palace game. Uh, it, it was 4 or 5 1, wasn't it? What game is this? I don't know. That well, looks like they're playing Wofford. Okay, well, that, that, that time wasting in that game from years ago. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we did it again. We did it again. Get out you are the worst at this game. You are the worst. Edited five weeks ago. I, all right, let me, let, me, let me do it again, right? So we'll just go to me. We're not going to cut this out. I said at the start of the last one that I didn't know the scoreline in the game. I will rephrase that too. I don't know the game. What game this was from? But is it not Wofford? I saw some. It's Wofford. I saw. I saw that. some time wasting, which was fantastic. I've got no idea. Right, you're bad. <laughs> game, Dan. Yeah, Jeff Hurst for his hat trick in the 1966 quarter <laughs> final against West Ham. Absolutely, what a performance! Oh. Hey, welcome back to Red Men Originals. We're going to be talking about Liverpool Forest. Just, just touch on that, and we want to have a little look at the remaining fixtures for our other Europe, European place rivals, shall we say? Um, but we're going to do agony rants, which we, I think we've done for a couple of weeks, which is just kind of because the whole show has been that, really, hasn't it? Yeah. Has anyone got anything they'd like to get off their chests around Liverpool, around football, around anything at all? 
Not after a win, Paul. I know, right? I've got a couple for the next show, but I was going to save them, so I'll hang on to them. Right? Okay, cool, cool, cool. So we're going to be doing the uh, the Bias Football podcast after this. Um, normally the shows are done on a Mondays, but with Liverpool playing on the Monday, we've obviously moved it all to the Tuesday. We're going to do a big focus on whether Arsenal are crumbling. I don't, I'm, I don't want to hasten to use bottle bottling because I think that's a, that it's is. good for the SEO, though. Everyone's yeah. yeah. Yeah, it is. So we will say it, but we won't necessarily, <laughs> necessarily. I didn't agree with it that. when it was Liverpool not winning titles on ninety odd points, and I don't really agree with it when Arsenal get like probably late eighties, nineties. It is funny uh, though. I, I, it's equated to like the people who go to the first wrestling event and do what, and uh, you know, and, and and like sing the John Cena thing and all that kind of stuff because they've watched it for years, and it's nice to be on the other side of on the other side of things. So I'm happy to throw all the shade towards Arsenal if they do crumble, but uh, we'll do, we'll do that on the bias football podcast. Anyway, um, the one thing I want to touch on, I don't, and I agree. After the win, I don't, I don't like to get too negative, and you know, I was literally getting slaughtered for being too positive earlier on. Um, so it would be out of character. The one thing I do want that really annoyed me at the weekend, and again, my my angst has softened because of because I'm happier because Liverpool win. And I'm pleased with how people have conducted themselves. I want to point out, I thought Leeds United, the way their fans, the way the football club conducted themselves in the build-up around the Hillsborough stuff. Um, and Arsenal, Fulham. Good. Well, Arsenal, we, well, we talked about Arsenal last week, didn't we? And but, Fulham and Everton as well. Yeah, mm. um, but particularly particularly Leeds. And because I don't think Leeds, have, Leeds haven't got a great reputation, um, mm. you know, at times. And having spent years down in the, the lower football leagues, I don't think that... N- lends towards making you a, a more cultured football fan base in some in some regards. Um but I thought the I thought the whole thing was was handled brilliantly. I thought the supporters obviously got involved with it, the club tweeting about it and tweeting like let's bring an end to tragedy hunting and stuff. The one thing that really annoyed me and I, st- I generally stayed off social media at the weekend because I didn't need to be on it. But what I didn't like and given that we've had a lot of but a lot of this, like the people who go the game and people don't go the game, and the culture of the football club, and we talk about this getting education from the cop. I saw Liverpool content creators releasing videos on the Hillsborough anniversary day, and I just thought it was really, really tasteless. And and I I'm aware that sometimes you know you go I go on in the morning. I've had this couple of times where. Because it occupies my mind quite a lot, the Hillsborough stuff. Because I've said this publicly before, but like my dad was there, you know, we, and we were so we were talking about it the weekend, and he was saying like, he doesn't class himself as a survivor because he wasn't in the Leppings Lane end, but it's a kind of thing that does doesn't does kind of stay with you. But I found myself during the day like I'll, I'll, you'll just you'll nip onto Twitter and you'll see random other things, and you find yourself like oh, and then you and you go oh, I've, I've just randomly dropped a like on some fucking absolute nonsense post or whatever is that a bit out of keeping with it and blah 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 I'm always hyper aware of how you, what you do on social media on that day but I just got I felt it was a bit fucking wild that like accounts were talking about player contracts and transfers and all that kind of stuff on that day and it goes to show me a little bit that being mindful of Liverpool is not just a football club there's a there's there's a huge culture around it and the meanings around it. People, everyone knows about Hillsborough, but there's ways of conducting themselves that need to be that learned behaviour. That if you're not if you're not in it and you're not in and around the city, maybe not facing up to you. That I think people need to go out of their way more to remember that they need, there's lessons to be learned. It isn't just about learning the players and knowing the owners and knowing how Liverpool tactically set up and all that kind of stuff. There's, there's a there's a depth that make you know there's a rich tapestry of Liverpool, good and ill, that shouldn't be gotten forgotten. And it's again, I don't want to, I'm not going to name names, I'm not going to slaughter people because I don't think it's fair. Um, but it is something for you know. I'll, I need to get off phrase this. 
I think the vast majority of people that we interact with and we've seen traveling the world supporting Liverpool, I love the fact that there's people who've never set foot in the city limits who have got total buy-in to everything around Liverpool. They learn the, the history, they learn the culture, they love the culture, they love the ethos of the people of Liverpool, the city of Liverpool, and therefore the football club that's around it. That is hugely important. And I, and I, I have a real fear that when Liverpool have become successful, we've had a lot of people who've joined on and see Liverpool as a quick pathway to, well, I get to have a bit of football banter and I get to see some, add to some success and jump down the throats of fans who support other teams and stuff. I think we saw the really good side of things in the last couple of days with the lead stuff, with the Arsenal stuff. You mentioned Fulham Everton, and I hope that doesn't get lost. I think you know. I think we, we, there's been a lot of criticism of local fans. I think in the last few months when it comes to ownerships and takeovers and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, just wants to kind of get that very very quick on the back of it. There was again, it's Twitter, so be careful. Like again, I did tweet a few things, but it, well, I, I don't think I've really spoke. A few people asked me about Liverpool. It's my anniversary. It's not, you know, my wedding anniversary that day. Which is a bit of a, a topic within itself because of COVID, it had to be. It was yeah, a thing anyway. Um, so I was like, yeah, happy anniversary, blah blah. But I did, a few people asked me what the food seems like. I'm not responding. It's not not today. It's not the day. But then I did look at our account. I think Dan tweeted off the account like in remembrance and Liverpool did it. And especially on the Liverpool one, those people they've gone like FSG out and sign Bellingham or sign or you know sell Curtis Jones. I was like. Again, they're probably and I oh I I I spoke on BBC recently a couple of weeks ago about Chargy Chanton and stuff and it was like I I tend to give everybody the benefit of the doubt. I hope it's that you're not such a knobhead. I hope it's just education. Yeah. And that certain things just aren't done. And I think there has to be something about that, like and uh, to be fair, those people cutting not not not, not now, knobhead. You I mean fucking not, not this isn't the time or the place. Don't be doing it. But I think there's I, I'd like to hope it's an educational thing where yeah, listen, that's not the time. You might hate FSG, sounds good for you, Willing. You might hate Curtis Jones. You might, I don't give a fuck who you hate. The set, you don't, that's not, there's a time and a place. Mm. April 15th, especially on on posts about that, that's not the time nor the place. It's, we just, I, someone said this to me, we had a lot of family around over the over Easter and the weeks, that the days that followed and stuff, and someone said to me, I can't remember who it was, because my house has just been a constant train of people in and out. But it's like, is it is it weird and is it difficult Doing like the Liverpool Channel thing because of because of things like Hillsborough because of the and I said not difficult but it is there are more considerations when you make content around Liverpool than I think there are for other football teams because we've got uh, this uh, there's the certain media outlets that obviously we we can't go near and we wouldn't want to go near and all that kind of stuff that other others don't have you know what I mean so there's there's lots of other things but. But remember, remember going back reasons. a few years, Paul, when the safe standing stuff was started. Mm-hmm. Like, that was a really difficult conversation for us to have because mm-hmm. I always felt like we'll, we'll, we'll have those conversations when the the right people are involved at the forefront of those conversations, yeah. and it, and we'll take our lead from them. And I think sometimes we do that as as content creators ourselves, where we go, we're we're not here to lead in this regard. We're waiting for somebody else to lead and the right people to lead. And and what they decide, I'm okay with because there's a respect thing there. So yeah, and that was definitely one of those conversations. It's not a really bad one, but mm-hmm. certainly safe standing no. was a thing. No, it's right because that that's the point. Is that we can all have our opinions on things, but there are certain situations where other people's opinions carry far more weight. We have to be far, and we are, and as Liverpool, we have a, a a duty of responsibility to those kind of things as well. And that's why people get, and you know, when we, we we lean into politics sometimes, people get annoyed by it. It's trying to explain well. 
It's the general you are. political. Yeah, it's, it forms the part of who we are and the roots of the city and all that kind of thing. It, it's connected. It can't not be connected. And you're right, the safe standing thing was such a hot topic. We, you know, I was always very much in favour of it. But, you know, ultimately, it's one of them. If, you know, Spurs to Shankly did an incredible job there. I remember going down to a meeting that they did in the line of hotel. Um, and they and they and they took some survivors up to Celtic, and they went round, you know, showed them the safe standing, and the, the, one of the security officer came down from Celtic uh, after having given the some of the survivors a tour around the ground and showed them on a match day, taking them in as on a match day and giving them the tickets to go, and then they came down and spoke to us. The security officer from Celtic came down and spoke to us at a Spirit Shankly meeting and stuff. And I was thinking that's the, that's that that needed doing. You know, that's the type of thing. And there was a vote, obviously, and all that type of stuff, and, which is the democratic way of doing it and with Spirit of Shankly and stuff. So sometimes you just have to know that other people are better positioned to do stuff than you are. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's okay. I, I, I see the point going back to the original topic, though. It's, it's not in great taste if you aren't putting Liverpool content out on that day. Like, it, it, I can see you put, I can see And I hope it's just, again... I think it's over. It's just it a, someone drew attention to you, someone messaged me about it. An educational thing rather than a, you're being a, you're being obtuse. I hope people just again, not everyone knows everything, and that sound it, it, there's someone needs to tell you you know what I mean yeah, exactly and that's what I mean that education is key to everything absolutely everything you know you can rehabilitate the vast majority of people people are people there's no such thing as there's not really such a thing as true good and evil the kind of comic book concepts aren't they it's just the people who, are, who have been raised certain ways or need more and need to have a greater understanding or empathy of a, of a certain scenario but that goes back there was a dangerous attitude creeping in I think in, over this season of like don't listen like as though be the people from the city things don't matter in certain attitudes. People just treating Liverpool as a bunch of as eleven lads who got on the pitch, and you can consume Liverpool at all levels. It's funny, you know. Again, like, I always look like my dad and my uncle. My dad has, you know, been going to Anfield for, for years and years. My uncle used to go with me for season tickets alongside each other, but my uncle's now the kind of guy who you watch it on the telly, and he'll get up and pot around the house while it's on. You know, and but he'll still sit down with me dad and still have really vociferous opinions on footballers and all that kind of stuff. But like me dad sometimes like, I watched every minute of that game. You could have you made like five cups of tea and cooked the dinner while it while, while, while that, that was on stuff. You're allowed to engage with them whatever you want, but there are some things that there are lines that need to be respected that get can get lost because again we we become an even bigger global entity than we ever have before. There's now a, so much more opportunity and space for people to create content around Liverpool and I hope that people do remain mindful because the Hillsborough thing is the is the most important thing that's ever happened to Liverpool, you know, and to, to, to this city in a hugely hugely negative way, by the way. Um and it needs to be needs to be respected. Um, right, um moving things on, uh, or back actually because we've got a super chat from Alan Garza here. Says if we move Trent to midfield next season, who would be your dream full back replacement? Trent Alexander Arnold. Uh, yeah, d- 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 <laughs> honestly, like <laughs> he's, not playing, he's playing both. That's the whole point of the system, isn't it? You know, he's, uh, he'll defend. Now we said this this morning. We had seventy five percent of the ball last night, so seventy five percent of the time he was in midfield. Hmm. You know, twenty five percent of the time he was he was doing right back or whatever. So that's the thing, isn't it? Like for me, it is about him being able to play the right back position when you're defending and moving into that position, just like Guardiola's been doing, just like Arteta's been doing with different players this season, creating that superiority in the middle of the pitch, which is what everybody wants. Uh, creating opportunities for our wide players. 
Um, that's all made possible by trend shifting inside. And I think it's probably less running for him than, than getting to the byline all the time as well. So it's certainly within his wheelhouse physically to be able to do it. Technically, there's nobody better suited than any of those sides that I've mentioned, Arsenal or, or Manchester City, who, who have got his skill set to be able to do it. So, yeah, hopefully it is something that we do and hopefully it impacts the signings that we're looking at. Gotta be careful as well, though. Like planning your whole team around, that's great. Uh, and obviously you managed that. I've done it once like, before. No, but what? But, but like things, things, things are like cyclical. You mean like someone will figure out a way to stop that, and then you need something else. You know what I mean? Because like, it's a, it's the new thing. Four, three, three was the thing until it wasn't. Because someone realised if you do this, then that, 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 and that, someone will figure something out, and then it'll have to, and then you'll have to keep evolving and adapting. Yeah. And I, I, to be fair, it's the first time Jürgen's ever copied something. I think really, from like, he hasn't really ever done that before. I think he's clocked on. Wow, that's working. You know, with all just like Kyle Walker can't get in the Man City side. That's how well it's working. Yeah. They're they're just jib, they've jibbed him off, and he's brilliant. So you, the, 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 there's there's ways around it. It might. I I still can't see a world in a four three three where Trent is a midfield just just a midfielder. I think in says I think four four two might suit him better or whatever. But yeah, but that's now he, isn't it? He's just know, a brilliant player. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. It's now and and he's got to be in the team. So however you get him in the team, figure it out. I I've got no issue. If every single time Liverpool play, it's built around Alexander Arnold doing what he needs it, to do. It's, it's where he's where he's that good. He's worth building the team around. If that's your go-to, bringing you right back into midfield, game in, game out. I said it before. It's who plays with him, because if you shut down the effectiveness of Trent, you've got to have other options within the midfield at the moment. Thiago aside, we don't really have other options other than a ball carrier in Jones, a couple of really good youngsters who are coming through in the, in the three teenagers. And Jordan Henderson, who, as time goes on, we'll manage his minutes and we'll see less of him. So the recruitment is huge. And we'll learn a lot from the recruitment. And it might be the, the catalyst to not putting all your eggs in one basket and go and signing someone like Jude Bellingham in signing two or three players that, when it's not working for Trent, they give you options. Can I can I make a suggestion? Stefan Pachetic. As the right back. Just rotate with Trent. Yeah. Because he's a, he, he was brought in as a centre-half. Yeah. He's played in both midfield positions. He can do the dirty work. He's got the vision. He's got the touch. He's not super mobile, but he's mobile enough. There you go. Um, transfer links just quickly. Ryan Gravenberch, very strongly, strongly link this week. Um, stay happy with that one? Yeah. Like I say, he hasn't become a bad player at Bayern Munich. Whatever reason, hasn't worked out for him. Now, it's interesting because Bayern are pretty much saying he's not for sale. But Liverpool and his agent seem to disagree with that by talking to each other. Um, I don't know how that works out. By the way, the, the, Liverpool tapping him up. But I, as he had permission, to, I don't. They talk, it's, it's it's the murky world of transfers. Um, there's no. I've always said this before. There's no harm in, in going to get someone from Bayern Munich, and just having a go at it. Like if he's going to cost you twenty odd million quid, and you thought he was that good in a year ago when when you bought him when I, when I sold him to Bayern, he's worth kicking the tires on. He can do. He's versatile. He got that first third. That's the you mentioned before. He can play defensive midfield. He can play attacker midfield. He can do all of the roles. Um, for me, he feels like the third of three potentially in terms of the finances of it. Um, but yeah, I, I, I like him at Ajax. He hasn't really done much. He hasn't. He hasn't played. Yeah, he's he hasn't played the grand seven hundred and eleven minutes for Bayern. We've never seen it on of him. Yeah. Um, whether that means he's crap, Nagel's within the fancy him. I know Tuchel was talking him up the other day, so again, that that's it's all worth. You know, he might have been really pissed off under Nagelsmann and now there's a new manager and all that kind of stuff. But, but they're adding Conrad Leimer to it in the summer, so, so yeah, some, something doesn't fit somewhere in someone's the... Someone's got to go, haven't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And listen, the people... 
Jonathan Northcroft, Mel Reddy, David Ornstein. I mean, they're three of the most reputable people. You know, with, with all due respect to other outlets, they're free. You know, this isn't like some random German blog saying these kind of. You know, like it's it's proper outlets who have all collaborated the story of Liverpool meeting with his agent. It's interesting that the German, the major German outlets are all getting fed by buying. He's not for sale, but I mean, if he was, if he's not for sale, then you know someone's fucked up somewhere because the, a meeting with his agents got out. So you'd like to hope that it, there, there is something behind the scenes that it could be on. Absolutely, just a couple from our club legends while we've been doing it. Uh, how did David saying? I do wonder how Robbo will hold up as a left centre back with the inverted system. I think the reality is we will end up getting a right back and carrying on with four at the back and Trent going into midfield full time. I don't think that it's. That is crap, stay. It's just there's a bunch of centimids in front of him. Uh, Milesy, 20 not to throw yet another Dutch player in the mix, but Dumfries would be a good one to get, can be attacking also. Uh, right, we'll move on to Forest at the weekend. Um, I'm kind of saying this to people, don't bother looking at the league table because it's still wholly depressing. But we've got what, Forest and West Ham midweek. And then who's the weekend? Who's the weekend after that? Spurs, maybe? Spurs, Brentford, all coming up. Dude. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll double check that. But the point is, is that. Got a graphic. Got a good. Yeah. We've got a graphic yeah, yeah. where we've it literally got, tells we've us. Got a graphic. I'll get that up now. Um, <laughs> we. Um... Tottenham, there you go. Only two of them. Oh, oh, oh no. Just, I, I was going to say only two of them are above us, but a Brentford. Not the below us, aren't they? Yeah. yeah, so the, the, again, whether that's a good thing, one off the reds, I don't know. <laughs> so, the worst teams. Yeah, I mean, so what kind of the point is that in this time. Two weeks from now, you know, we can have a little look and see what it looks like, and that's when it'll we'll have a clearer picture of whether it's like well, we can get hungry and get excited around the possibility because I think that's when it's going to start to really hot up. And obviously, we can look at the fixtures. What's interesting, Paul, I'm not go back to it. Like, where I remember when we done the reaction show to the fixed fix list, and I was like, Oh, if Liverpool are in a title race, I fancy that running, I really fancy that running. If Liverpool are in it, it it's, the, it's the annual. Get past Spurs in in late spring game that we always seem to have. That seems, but I was thinking, oh, you'd, if you know, if Liverpool are back in it, and obviously we're not now, but it is it, again, Liverpool, and we may have said this for ages. You can't trust them at the minute, but if it's if Liverpool become a side you can trust, they are nine winnable games. There's not in there that terrifies you. Mm-hmm. There's no, you're not going to City, you're not going to Arsenal. You know what I mean, there's not in there that absolutely push the shits mm-hmm. up you. There's no Derby game. There's no, you know, there's no United. It's just whether Liverpool can be. If Liverpool can be. What they were last night, and they're all winnable. A nine out of nine could get you top four. It could get you whatever it gets you. But that's that's the positive. If Liverpool can be Liverpool, then it should be fine. What? Because you did the graphic. What are the, the highlighted games? Uh, they were top four contenders at the time. Sad. Um, I've thrown Villa in there now as well. Villa's fixtures really should be there, but like I did this about ten minutes before the show. <laughs> <laughs> done a very good job. Um, but I, the Newcastle one, I think, is is the most one of the interesting ones for me because right now, I think we we'd probably all sit here and say Man United look too far over the hill, gone in, in third at this point, which is interesting because like a week ago it was them and they were behind Newcastle and everyone was looking at them as being the the, the victim potentially. Newcastle have got Tottenham at home, Everton away, Southampton at home, Arsenal at home, Leeds away, Leicester home, Chelsea away, and there's a Brighton home game to fit in there somewhere as well. But Chelsea away, last game of the season, is a, is a big one. And what they've got, you would look at Newcastle's, I think, fixture list and take the, take the Arsenal game out of it, potentially, and maybe Tottenham in this, but yeah, Everton, yeah, Southampton, yeah, Leeds, yeah, Leicester. But look, the, at the, you, you could highlight all of them for a completely different reason. Yeah. They're all relegations, they're all just on the yes. edge of it. They don't have any teams, I think, with the exception of possibly Chelsea by the end, at the, at the last game of the season, who are that mid-table on the beach. 
we've got nothing to do, nothing to play for. And Chelsea might have, we'll have some pride to play for. They'll be uh, they'll be at Stamford Bridge for that one as well. Go for things, Chelsea at that point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it might be Todd Bowley's Chelsea. Literally, he's the manager, CEO. Yeah. Um, by all accounts. But I agree with that thing. Yeah. Everton, Southampton, Leeds, and Leicester. On paper, you're like, well, Newcastle will piss that. But there's four teams who are going to be scrapping for their yeah, lives. Yeah, people got to remember. The crap. They're shit. Yeah, they're they are, and they're not like, none of them are giving anyone a bloody nose at the moment. They are just, the 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 the, the dross is miles away from the midfield this season. You can see that there's a gap starting to emerge. Like the Palace have moved themselves away. And even Bournemouth, like teams, that, the, the, the teams you would Bournemouth moved themselves away by beating us. Yeah, and Tottenham. There's yeah. a chance though that two of those are going to stay up. Is what I'm saying. Yeah, because Southampton they're gonna have to. Out. They're gonna pick up points in order to accomplish that. It <laughs> looks like Southampton looked like the dead. Yeah, and that's why it's encouraging for us having them away last game of the season. Is they'll be they'll be done. Sure. You know, it'll be a thank you very much for all the fans. Sorry, a thank you and sorry to all the fans. Hopefully, James yeah. Ward Prowse's goodbye game. Yeah, like, it's, <laughs> I, feel, I don't want Newcastle mates. Brighton worry me more than all of them. Mm. I think Brighton are the best team of the four that we just put up there. And Villa, Villa have won five on the spin. Can't rule them out of it either. They've got that FA Cup final. That's all I'm pinning me over. Well, they've well, got to get there first, but they should. They should get there. I semi. Semi against United, but they're, they're good. They're fucking good, Brighton. The new Brighton two games in hand is the real X factor in this because they're in a bit of a false position. It's three, isn't it? Because they play, they, they miss a City game yeah. out this because the, yeah. the cup game. Of exactly. Brighton have got on paper probably the hardest fixtures. Forest away, Wolves at home, Man United at home, Everton at home, Arsenal at home, Southampton at. at uh, Arsenal away, Southampton at home, Villa away, and Newcastle away, City at home so far to fit in. It's mad how City Villa have just become a thing, isn't it? Like this is we said this upstairs, like now Villa have they've won five on the spin and before you know it, they're six points off top four there. That's what gives you confidence if you're Liverpool. Yes. Them gaps can close. If Liverpool can win three games, I mean and you're hoping this weekend, aren't you? You're hoping that Tottenham either draw with Newcastle or probably beat them and just keep that and then all of a sudden Liverpool are six points behind fourth place. Going with our seven games to go. But, At that point, it starts feeling a bit more realistic. I'd much rather Tottenham to win that game because I trust Tottenham to lose more games yeah. between now and the end of the yeah, season. I think the conventional wisdom is to get a draw. Tottenham but I think draws, Tottenham yeah. are just one of those weird teams, aren't they? It isn't. It's just isn't the, the, the flip side. It's not just a point. It's the sheer amount of teams. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. If we, yeah, they've got Spurs and Newcastle. Got, Spurs got to drop points, but then you've also got to get more than Brighton and Villa. And that's that's the worry for Liverpool. But I think. Nine out of nine. I'm sitting there and again. I go back to it. It gets you 71 points. It's That's a, probably going to get you top four. It's a fucking mess because of how many games haven't haven't been played and the teams that are in there. Because you were in the office before going, Villa are only six points behind fourth. Well, we they've got they've played a game more than us. If we were, if we were to win the game in hand that they've got, we would be in exactly the same position. That's, that's what and I'm would we be happily going? Liverpool are only six points behind fourth. It's but then um, we've got we've played the same amount of games. And you go, it's a fucking mess. Yeah, it's an absolute mess. Because. Because United and Brighton have got to the FA Cup semi-finals and the games that were cancelled have all been games in and around the top four teams. That's why it's, it's all a bit And I think was, was one of ours, Fulham, was cancelled because of FA Cup yeah. and stuff like that. So, so yeah, it, it's been a mess for a while now. It's It makes it really difficult, doesn't it? There's, lots of, there's loads of... What's going to happen is there's going to be a random Wednesday where someone's playing each, and it's, it, it impacts us and I'm, and I'm not going to know about it. Yeah. And then I'm yeah. just going to go on Twitter and everyone's going to be made up that like, Villa have just let an own goal in against... like. South yeah. oh, that's a thing yes and that's what that, it smacks of that your, your point on Villa is spot on though is like go and win go, go be, be Forest and then take a breath and then you play West Ham 
can you beat West Ham? If you can beat West Ham, then all of a sudden you've won three games. And, and it might, yeah, exactly. And then you're going into Tottenham Hotspur with with the ability for to, to play a six pointer and really start to claw it in. And that's what you do. It sounds so boring, but it's a game at a time, game at a time, game at a time. If you can get to a situation where you've then won four on the bounce, the Villa factor, that league table is going to look so much more. So much different, so much more tasty, so much more tantalising if we can do that. But it's a big if. But we've been saying this now, the mantra at the moment is about rekindling belief and get rekindling excitement and buy-in on the team. And, you know, two good performances back-to-back. If you win, if you... If we get to the end of the season, if we were to if we were to do the nine and win win nine back to back, actually what you get to say is what we drew against Arsenal before that as well, and it's very similar to the COVID season where we had the we had a run of it. I think was it did we win eight and we had twenty eight out of thirty, wasn't it? Yeah, you know it was it was um, fourth done. Prove me wrong. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and by the way, finish fifty. You can't finish fourth. Like, I'm yeah. I'm, I'm all in on getting getting the Europa League and time with that. Like Liverpool need European footy next season. The, the idea that they could do without it for me is a nonsense. So, and 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 also like confidence going into next season. It's it's hard to you don't you don't you don't want to crawl into next year where you feel like fucking I work shit. Right, we won eight out we won eight out of nine and we and we had some good performances and we started getting players back fit and all of a sudden we started looking a bit more like us and we found out that Trent might be the best DM in the planet and we figured all these things out. That's what you, you want to go in full of, you know, that's what you want. Yeah. You go in full of confidence. You, you don't want to just limp there, but again, this is all caveated by the huge red thing of they've, they've got to earn our trust. We yeah. cannot trust them. Mm. If this was Liverpool of last season, I'd go, they're going to win all them. Yeah. And then and you're, hoping, you're hoping Man City lose a game. But this Liverpool side, you, you can't trust them because they haven't earned it. Absolutely, they just haven't earned it. Well, we'll see, and that's what they that's what their mission is. That's what Jurgen's mission is. And if anyone was going to do it, it's going to be them having players fit and back available. Having you know, and that's the top players and even players like Curtis Jones. Because it's not just about having eleven lads out on the pitch. It's about us having. 16, 17 players taken to the you know the match day squad who were all capable of winning football matches at that kind of level and does feel like yeah I've said it's it's nothing more than a gut feeling on my part because again the the stats do not back this up but my hope is that as as I kind of said on the shows uh, for the watch along is eventually your form changes because you 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 something happens and it's a, there's an insight and fact there it might just be end of season reset summer off. Summer training, you start fresh for the for the new season, but it could it could have started a week ago, but we're not going to know that for another another week or two, and maybe not for another month. If goes in against Arsenal, you'd be I'd be backing us yeah. massively. Yeah, yeah. small margins, so many variables. Absolutely, who's going to be the Allison Becker header this season? That's what I want to know. Um, right, for cool. Sixth. Yeah, to finish in the Conference League. Conference League, here we go. Yeah. He gets up and puts it wide this time. I'm nervous. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Just nods over the yeah, bar. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. going to fucking mold over it. Well, yeah, but the thing is, every, everything is sliding doors, isn't it? There's a world where that happens. We get in the Conference League or the Europa League, and then Queven Keller has like, well, I'll stick around for another season because I'm the Europa League goalie. Um, you know, and, the, and those kind of things. Yeah, it, it, it is what it is. Anyway, look, we're going to be doing the Biased Football uh, podcast pretty much straight after this live on Redmen Plus. Um, we're going to be talking about Aston Villa talking about Spurs who are somehow still fifth in the league which is astounding to me uh, the relegation fight Frank Lampard's fucking Frank Lampard's Chelsea are just as shit wow. if not shitter um, 
and Arsenal are Arsenal crumbling is the overall headline topic for that show. Uh, so come and join us over on redmenplus.com uh, to watch that one. Um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. I hope Can you I will too. Can I people know? Use the code BIAS to get it, uh, 50% off. There you go. What's your other point? Thanks. I have it ready just to make sure you are there. Yeah. If you use the code BIAS, mm. B-I-A-S-E-D, uh, on the Club Captain monthly subscription. You get more than 50% off. You get, you get £3 off. Holy shit, what are you doing? I'm giving it away? Yeah, yeah. You get, it's, it's two quid a month for three months. I'm wow. not happy about that. Don't you use that don't. code. <laughs> <laughs> just pay full price. Yeah. Okay, we won a game for fuck's sake. Uh, <laughs> God, I think we charge VAT on that as well. Yeah, 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 Jesus Christ, give it Fucking hell. It's costing us. <laughs> um, right, so. And then, the, and then the strike fees are about 20. It's about a pound to us. Don't use the code bias. <laughs> Do oh, not use God. the code bias. Just Give us a chance to change it. <laughs> um, yeah, hopefully we hopefully we won't see it on a discounted code over on Red Plus. Remember Plus, we'll see you full price. Uh, and do while you get a chance, grab your tickets for the live show as well, fifth of May. Um, look, you can get the feel of air of positivity already. We won a game. Imagine if we've won a few, and then we're going into the Brentford game and you're having a big party with us at Hotel Anfield, answering quiz questions and winning prizes and doing challenges. Ticket quarter, Liverpool quiz events, Redmen, get involved. Uh, right, that's it from the podcast. See you all soon. Thanks for listening. If you want even more Bosch content and podcasts just like this, go over to redmenplus.com and sign up now. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.